Okay, if you have your Bibles, open it to the book of Ecclesiastes. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and they'll get one to you. We're going to be concluding our study in the book of Ecclesiastes. We've been there, gosh, I don't know if it's been 14 weeks about. Kind of sad to come to the end of the book. We by no means have exhausted this. You know that we've gone through some passages, skipped others, and I encourage you to, on your own, go through this book. We are no means supposed to be your complete intake of the things that God has for you. We want to help quench some thirst, but actually want to increase your thirst to see what God would speak to you through the scriptures. And this book is just, it's powerful and it's rich. And I picture as Solomon concludes here, I just imagine him in his old age, after he has written the Song of Songs, after he's written the Proverbs and he's finishing Ecclesiastes, he's coming to the end of the book and he's trying to just bring about the conclusion, not only of this book, but some final statements I think he would have to, to say regarding to his life and where he is at, the things that he has wrestled with, some of his thoughts at this stage of his life. And they're powerful, they're depressing, but they're also enlightening. As Solomon talks about these things, he really is going to focus on a couple of things. He's going to focus on youth and the passion of youth. He's going to focus on age and the understanding and wisdom of age and conclusion of God's involvement in our lives through these stages. And we're going to pick up on chapter 11, verse 7, and we're going to read through the end of the book. Starting in chapter 11, verse 7, Solomon writes, Light is sweet, and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things... God will bring you to judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond trees blossom and the grasshopper drags himself along, and desire no longer is stirred. The man goes to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Remember him. Before the silver cord is severed, or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, Everything is meaningless. 
Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, their collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of, the, of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Solomon, Solomon. This is one of the most beautiful, descriptive, and haunting passages in all Scripture. As he starts off, he, he talks and focuses on, on young young men, and he's kind of sarcastic in a satirical, uh, satirical sense as he talks about youth and passion. In verse 7 when he says, you know, light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. It sounds out very positive, and he's talking about, man, just enjoy this life that you have, but he, of course, can't hold a, a positive thought very long, and in the next breath, he just says, but let him remember the days of darkness, for they're going to be many. <laughs> Thank you, Solomon. And everything to come is meaningless. In other words, you have this, this future, it is bright, but remember, it's, you're going to get old, and it's going to get dark. And then he concludes in his meaningless or his vanity. Just what, what's the purpose? And as he continues talking about youth, he, he says in verse 9, be happy, young man, while you are young. And then he gives advice that every parent of a teenager cringes when they hear. Let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. Every parent is going, no, don't do that. If you do that, what will happen? And Solomon seems to be aware that with youth there is this vigor, there is this vitality, there is this passion, there is this abandon that takes place that we have all experienced, and some of you maybe are there right now experiencing those things. You just have your life ahead of you. And he's saying, enjoy that life. Follow those things in your heart. Whatever your eyes see, pursue those things. And indeed, that's what happens when we're young? We don't have this understanding of wisdom that we learn through the years. There isn't that reason that we've come to know. There is just living life. There is the excitement of life and the things that are ahead of us. But again, Solomon is quick to bring about this place where he says, but Know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. And so again, Solomon concludes that youth and the passion has to be there, but not to be blind. Follow your heart, the things that you see. Be passionate about life, but know this. You're going to have to give account. And you see, that's one of the difficult things, I think, that we have in trying to to live our lives, and many times it takes place when we are young. 
how many times we look back and said, oh, if I could have known then what I know now. You guys ever said that? Oh, the mistakes I made that I would have been able to free myself from if only I knew then what I know now. You see, but Solomon couldn't say that accurately because Solomon did know then what he knew now. He was imparted with this incredible wisdom. And you see, he knew the right things, but he did not live the right things. And so now him looking back, he's kind of given up and he's saying, well, you know, this is how it is. When you're young, you're just foolish. Now I look back and I see, man, I was foolish. But what if now we can know what we will need to know then? What if I can actually know the things that I'm supposed to at this time that will be helpful for me then? What if in my youth, I can have wisdom. I could have knowledge. You know, every so often I I think about my life 10 years ago. I do this little thing in my mind. Where was I 10 years ago? What was I doing? And I always, it's never failed yet. I'm hoping the next 10 years things will change. But I've always looked back and said, oh, man, I I was pretty foolish. Man, the way I thought was pretty twisted or or a little bit distorted. I I have more insight now than I did 10 years ago. And there are some events that take place and, oh, I wouldn't have done that if I would have known what I know now. I would have changed how I interact with these people if I would have the understanding that I do now. But also it's helped me because when I was younger, when I was in high school, and I did some stupid things. And it was like, oh no, what have I done? I have embarrassed myself. I would stop and I would think, you know what? In 10 years, it ain't gonna matter. So don't sweat it, because 10 years, no one's gonna remember it. You probably won't have these same friends. The record will be clean. You won't be in that school anymore. Whatever it was, the situation, it'll be done with now. Because at that time, you have so much passion, so much energy, that everything is just so embedded in your psyche. Your your thoughts, your relationships, and the events you go through have such meaning. And you guys know that. You've seen a, a young person, maybe in junior high or high school, who's dating, and they get dumped, and their world ends. And their world's only been a world for like 16 years. But, oh, I can't believe it. I don't want to live anymore. Well, how long have you known the guy? We dated for a week. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, that's hard. That's really, you know, and you want to be sympathetic, but you're, you're standing back and you're looking, oh, you have no idea. It's not to you know, make little of the emotion, I think what's happening is that passion is so strong for life, it just amplifies everything. I I have one friend who when he was to graduate high school, he failed his English class. He really wasn't into English. He was more into drama. 
and he failed his English class, and so he was not going to get to graduate. He was going to have to go to summer school, and his world was over. And he told me he actually took a shotgun, loaded it, and was going to kill himself because he was going to have to go to summer school. And you think, oh my gosh, passion, intensity for life, but not the wisdom to look and say, you know what, in 10 years you're going to look back and this isn't as big a deal as you think it is. If only we could, at this place of youth, have that passion but also have that wisdom, the impact it would make the difference it could have in our lives as we approach these things, if we could live old when we're young, have the understanding that we do as we age. And he goes on and he tells us in chapter 12, he says, remember the creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. And he gives probably one of the most, gosh, haunting descriptions of aging. And we see this as he says, the days of trouble come, he's talking about when we get old, just to make you feel better, those of us who are in that category. The days of trouble. And the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. And now he starts talking about this lack of passion, this lack of energy. And his description, again, is it's breathtaking, but it's dark. He says, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. You once stood straight. You once were strong like a warrior, but now you're bent like a stick. You're a shadow of who you were. When the grinders cease because they are few, the grinders were those who, who ground the grain. And it was hard work and they're few. And those looking through the windows grow dim. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding, grinding fades. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. Your hearing isn't what it used to be. You get up early, but there's just not the vitality of life that there used to be. And in verse 5, I have underlined because I think this is powerful. He says, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. Afraid. Mark Twain wrote that most men die when they're 27, but we bury them when they're 72. That there is a change that takes place as you get older. There is the unwillingness to risk. There is the wanting to be comfortable. There's developing security, and so now you guard your security. And, and there's, of course, the physical changes, but there is just this fear that takes place. I, I don't know when this happened. I remember I used to actually be a painter. I did painting when I was younger. And I can remember working on this one law office building, and we had these 40-foot extension ladders that were extended all the way up, and then we had what was called a ladder jack that sat on each of the extension ladders with a plank going across it. And so you'd walk up this 40-foot extension ladder, and then you'd walk onto this plank that was oh, a good 
14 inches, you know, and you stand up there in the middle of nothing. You, you're touching nothing, and you're just kind of shaking 40 feet up in the air, and you're painting, and there was wasp nests, I remember there, so you'd have to like, you know, here it comes, you paint, and you're, you know, and the good wind comes, and you're up there 40 feet, and I remember looking down, and there was this lady in the law office, and she was like this, looking at me, and I was like, what's her problem? You know, what's her, and I had no fear, no brains either, you know, but I was just, Sitting there spraying, I just, no problem, up there 40 feet in the air without touching anything. Every now and then you get a little, you know, weak need and balance and you sit there. And now I just think about it and I get weird, you know, things in my stomach. Like, well, what was I doing? Had no fear of heights. It was an adventure. Now, of course, there's physical limitations. Don't be stupid. There's physical limitations, but you know what? Fear is not something that comes just because you get old. Fear has nothing to do with the physical limitations in some aspect. Sometimes it has to do with just afraid of life. You stay out of the streets because you're a little bit more guarded. And, and latter, he says on this, says when the almond trees blossom, that means they're, they're coming of age. There's the beauty of it coming to age, but then the grasshopper drags himself along. What a picture of losing your step. There's no more spring. You're just dragging yourself along. That physical limitation. And then the man goes to his eternal home. Where There's one other passage here. It says, after the grasshopper drags himself along and desire no longer is stirred. Desire is no longer stirred. Again, that has nothing to do with growing old, physically. That has to do with giving up. That has to do with losing passion. And if we could be old when we're young, you know, if we could hold on to that, live old when we're young, we also need to, to live young when we're old. We also need to be able to live without losing passion for life. You see, Solomon was standing back. He goes, this is how it is. When you're young, you're just dumb. You do stupid things. Hey, judgment's coming, you guys. The days of darkness are coming along. When you're old, you start to get worn out. You start to be afraid. You start to lose desire. And this is how it is. Meaningless. It's meaningless. But you see, Solomon had that problem where he knew the right things, but he didn't live the right way. He had all the right information, but did not have the right actions. And so his dilemma was dealing with these things in the only way he knew how under the sun. This is how life is. That's what we've been talking about throughout the book. Under the sun, this is what I see in life. This is how it is. But what if? What if you who were young could get the wisdom that comes from knowing God and start investing in things that matter. You see, a lot of times we invest in what is unimportant and unurgent. Things that really don't matter, things that really aren't pressing. And when you're young, you do a lot of that. World of Warcraft, video games, TV, parties. It's not important to your life. It's not urgent. It's just fun. 
fun. And you invest your life in just all these really unimportant, unurgent things. And they consume the majority of your life. Depends on where you're at. If you're going to school, you know, it might consume a little bit less. If you're not, it could range in the high 90 percentage, you know. And your life is just about this fun. But what if you were to invest in things that were actually important? Things that were more long-term goal. What if you did invest in your future? Education. Relationships. Things that are going to be important for you down the line. What if in that time of youth you had the foresight to see not only what was important, but how to live in those things that are important. Included God in the midst of all those things. Because he goes on and he says in chapter 12, verse 6, remember him. He's talking about remembering God. Remember him, he talks about it in the days of your youth, remember your creator, but also remember him at this point. You see, remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground from where it came and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Remember before this happens. And so remember your future. Remember where you are going to be and include God to be a part of your life now so that he will have an effect on your life then. We tend to be so oriented in just the satisfying the things right now, right here. This is what I want. This is what I care about. And Solomon is saying, you need to remember him now before then comes. Because when then comes, it's done. If you don't remember him now, it's going to be too late then. The silver cord is broken. The bowl is going to fall. It's going to be dashed. The pitcher is going to be broken. The wheel to get the water from, it's not going to work anymore. Remember him now before then comes so that you have the ability to have him a part of your life before you need him. So many times people will say, yeah, oh, so-and-so, you know, they were in the hospital, they were dying, and oh, man, they received the Lord right before they died. Isn't that great? And yeah, that's wonderful. But it's also tragic. It's tragic because they had a whole life they could have lived, they could have had influence, they could have had fruit, they could have produced something that was never to be seen because they didn't remember him then and now it's too late. And the influence is lost. The value is lost. The wisdom is lost. It's now. And so Solomon is telling us to remember what you don't yet know. Remember your future. Remember God now before these things happen. Take, take lessons from this. Learn from these things. You know, this again is where we, we kind of have to understand the difference between what's important and urgent 
and what's important and not urgent. Important urgent would be, I'm running out of gas. I need to get gas right now. Important but non-urgent is, I need to change the oil in my car. Well, I don't have to do it now, but if I don't do it, it's going to be devastating to my car. And so important, get gas, urgent, I need it now. Important, change the oil, not urgent. I don't have to do it right now. And you see, a lot of our lives are, are dealing with important and urgent. All the things that are happening right now, the things that we need, the things that we need to develop. You know, I have to go to work. I have to take care of my job, my family. I have to put food on the table. I have to do these things. I have to go to the doctor if I'm sick. I, ha I have these urgent things that must be taken care of right now. But what we don't do is deal with the important things that aren't urgent, those things that can put off. But we can do it later on down the line, that we can invest in that some other time. And usually what happens, we don't invest in them at all. The relationships with your friends, husband, children. Those are important, but many times we don't put them as urgent. It's okay. We'll, we'll talk later. I'll deal with this circumstance later. With our spiritual life. Oh, yeah, I believe in God, but I, I don't, I'll, I'll, you know, get serious later. I, I don't need to deal with it. It's important, but it's not urgent. And then we find that the time comes and the sil silver cord has been cut. The bowl has fallen. It's been broken. The pitcher is dashed. We find ourselves caught off guard because we didn't take seriously what would be then. And so we need to take that seriously now, that we would have those things understood within our lives. And down at verse 11, Solomon brings a conclusion. He talks about the teacher and all the things that are written, you know, the books that he's taking care of. In verse 11, he says, the words of the wise are like goads, they are collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them or making many books. There is no end and much study wearies the body. If I would have known that scripture in school, I, I would have used it, I'm sure. Um, and he says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or it is evil. What if you who are young here would remember the Lord and live your life with the wisdom that usually comes with age? What would your future be? What if you could understand and contain those things that you not only know are right, but know will be a necessity in your future? What if you were young, used the passion you had, and mixed it with the wisdom that God gives, usually to those who are old? What kind of people would you be if you remembered the Lord, feared him in your life while you had this energy and had this passion? And what if we who are older 
would maintain the passion to live that we had when we were younger. Maintain this desire to influence the world around us. See, this, this isn't about trying to judge you. Uh, this isn't about trying to condemn you. This isn't about trying to, hey, you need to do these things because I guarantee you, you will be your harshest judge when the time comes and you look back on your life and you say, I could have, I should have, but I didn't. I don't need to judge you. You will judge yourself in that day. And you will look like Solomon and say, what a waste. What meaninglessness. You will be your harshest judge. I guarantee that. And those of us who have aged and look back, we know the reality of that saying. If we fail to seize the things and the opportunities in our life. But what if we maintain the passion that we had, mix it with the knowledge that comes with the age that we have, connecting it to remembering him in all of the things that we do, even as Jesus said, abide in me and my words abide in you and then your life will bring forth this fruit in John 15 as he talks about it. See, at 20, you're supposed to be passionate. You're supposed to have energy. You're supposed to be creative, have all these ideas. But when you're passionate at 30, then they tell you you need to settle down and you need to mature. You need to grow up. Quit being so scatterbrained. You know, you need to settle down. When you're passionate at 40, they say, you're crazy. What are you thinking? Don't you know how old you are? When you're passionate at 50, you're a heretic. I don't know what happens when you're 60, but I hope to find out. What if we can maintain the passion for life that God gives, remembering him and remembering how we can influence those around us? What would happen if we took that wisdom that normally only comes with age from God and combine it with a passion that is usually only seen in youth? And refuse to let our life be defined by time. But allowed our lives to be defined by our passion for God and the wisdom that comes from knowing Him. And that can begin at any time. Whether you're young, whether you're old. That is something that we can embrace. That is something that we can live for. Allow the life that God has for you to ignite you to live in a passionate faith. Remember him before it's a necessity. Remember him now while you have the time. And, you know, my wife, she, she asks me this often. She says, how are you going to encourage me today? And she doesn't say it for herself. She says it for you. Truthfully, she does. Okay, Sam, how are you going to encourage us today? And when she asked me that last night, I thought, uh, I don't think I'm going to encourage anyone today. In fact, purposely, I, I hope to make you a little agitated. I hope to be a little bit pressing. 
Because you see, the hourglass is turned and the sand is falling. And for each grain that falls, you can never get it back. When it's done, it's done. You only have one life. And so how you live this life is very important. And it's important that you understand the things that are important, understand the things that are urgent, understand the things that are important, and the things that you might put off because you think they're not urgent, but they will be necessary someday. And if you don't take the things that are important, if you don't have him involved with your life, allowing him to shape the wisdom of your life, the time will pass and you will live a life of regret. And you will look back and you will say, what have I done? What did I do? And so, you have one life, get it right. Make it right. Because this life actually matters. Your life actually matters. History is important to God, to you. How you live is important to God, to you. And the sand is falling and the time is passing. The lights are going to grow dim. The hearing is going to fade. And be afraid of heights. If you're not careful, you lose the desire to live. Because you allowed time to shape who you are instead of you shaping who you are. You never get it back. And so my desire this morning isn't to encourage you to make you all feel better. But it's to make you think that each moment you have counts. Make it count with the wisdom that God gives through age and with the passion that God gives through youth. Embrace those and move forward in those things together. Let's pray. Father, as time passes, everyone I know looks back and says, it's passing more quickly. The older I get, the quicker things seem to go by. And to think of what my life is and what it could be can be troubling. But it can also be enlightening. It can also be motivating. It can help us to move forward into a life that acknowledges you, that is wise with the wisdom you give and doesn't lose the vitality and the vigor that we once had when we were young. And I, I ask that you would help us embrace these truths. 
I ask that you would help us to take stock on our lives and see where we're at. And, and as the time is passing, what are we doing? Are we neglecting important things because they're just not pressing? Are we consumed with things that aren't important? Where do we need to be wiser? And where do we need to be more full of life? May this day be a a time when we are able to, again, take stock of our lives and look and see where we really are and look and see where do we want to be then. And may we do now what is necessary for us before then comes. May we have your wisdom, your insight, your passion, your strength to live a life that pleases you. We do ask these things in Jesus' name.